Hello, everyone, and welcome to this, the inaugural episode of the Considering the World Cup podcast. We're so excited to have you listening to us, myself, Dash Tischler, alongside me, Holden Willemson and Bjorn schaefer Reshirt. We've got an exciting month of worth of content planned for you throughout the course of the World Cup. Hopefully you enjoy our content. You can, of course, listen as much as you want, recommend us to friends. We're just super excited to have you along for the ride. And I think we, a good place to start for us is with some introductions, because you've probably never heard our content before. Um, as I said, my name is Dash Tischler. I'm an avid soccer fan. I've played a lot of soccer. I played soccer in high school as primarily a central midfielder, but I think I was probably a better winger. Um, I currently am a massive Tottenham fan, um, as well as in this World Cup, while I'll be trying to watch with an unbiased view, I will be rooting ultimately for Croatia and the United States. Um, And then for me as well, I've also got, I've had extensive experience just watching a lot of soccer, playing a lot of soccer, and I've also begun working in soccer commentary. I've commentated two Maryland men's soccer college games on the radio, which if you're interested in those sorts of things, you can, of course, look up Maryland men's soccer radio commentary on WMUC Sports and you look for some games and you will find my voice. But now, of course, to Holden and Bjorn, you guys are as well also quite qualified to be talking with our viewers about your views on the beautiful game. What do you guys have to say for yourselves? Good. All right. Um, so I'm Holden Willemson. Uh, I've, I've played soccer for 15 of the 17 years I've been alive. Um, soccer's sort of running my blood on my dad's side. Uh, we've all supported Ajax for a very, very long time. Um, and you know, I've been selected to cover the world cup by my school as our, as our head analyst. So, um, that they trust me. Hopefully, you trust me. Um, and I have my own soccer podcast as well. I don't want to um, plug it right now um, because, yeah. But um, but yeah, it's fantastic to be on here. Uh, when I play soccer, I'm normally uh, either a six, or sometimes they play me out wide because I am generally pretty good at passing, but I'm very slow. Uh, <laughs> and yeah um uh that's basically it all right um i'm bjorn uh grew up in the u.s to german parents um i played football slash soccer however you want to call it uh for almost my whole life i played in a lot of travel teams uh in and around maryland uh, and then also played here or uh, when i moved to germany in the last two years and now i'm studying uh university in netherlands also playing at a club here so yeah, football has kind of stuck around with me all my life. Um, also interested in sports management, so all that, you know, kind of my entire life. Jaros sells himself a little bit short. He's been training with the U19 squad of a third-tier Dutch side, so potentially a rising yeah. baller to listen for here. Potentially. Very nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, yeah. And also, if you would like to look up more about our content, you can also follow us on Instagram at considering the world cup insta all lowercase um we'll be posting content there as well and then also on our twitter account you can follow us there too and our account on twitter is considering wc with capital c and considering and capital w and c we'll be we'll be posting content there too and hopefully you will feel eager to engage with us on those platforms as well we're super excited as i said to have you along for the ride but so of course now for the actual jumping into the world cup we're going to start with some predictions and this for us is just a good place to start going group by group about the teams 
And we'll talk to you a little bit about each team afterwards. We'll provide you each of our own group stage predictions. And so just onward to group A, and we'll be starting with the Netherlands, a team who some people have said could potentially be a dark horse candidate to win the whole thing. And Holden, you've, you have some strong views on the Netherlands. How do you feel about this team? Well, I think it's an absolutely fantastic team. Um, Cody Gakpo has been absolutely dominating in the Eredivisie. Uh, same with Xavi Simmons, as much as I hate to say it. Um, uh, and then Berghuis, uh, Steven Berghuis, has been pretty good uh, for Ajax this season as well. Not his best season, but still pretty good. Obviously, Virgil van Dijk, um, Matthijs de Ligt, Jurgen uh, Timber. They're, they're all fantastic players. Uh, and I feel like the fact that they didn't make the last World Cup will definitely motivate them. You know, they have something to prove, right? And the the other storyline in this is obviously uh, Van Gaal's struggle with testicular cancer and the fact that he's going to retire after this World Cup. So the players are motivated to try and win it for him, you know? Um, and so, uh, yeah, with Van Gaal... Um, there was a story that came out recently that he was uh, telling the players when they had found out, uh, don't worry, we'll win the World Cup. Uh, so uh, hopefully that ends up coming true. And I have them going pretty far in this tournament. The Netherlands do notably have a bit of lack of star power right now, though. I feel like that could prove a problem for them playing some of these other top sides. You don't see who the match winners are necessarily. And... I mean, what would you guys say to that? Because I feel like that's been one of the knocks on them is A, they're younger, B, they've not gone deep in a tournament since Van Hall was last in charge, and then C, they're not a squad where you look at them and they're necessarily players who you are like, I have to game plan for him in the late, in the late stages of a game, yeah. game on the line, yeah. who will make the big play. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I, that, I mean, I, yeah, go ahead. That, that could even possibly be um, a positive. There, it's such a balanced team in terms of there's no particular player that's like, wow, I have to focus my game plan towards him. You know, uh, you, have to, you have to cover from all sides. Um, and so that, that makes it a tad bit harder. But also, I, I think that to some extent, I think Cody Gakpo could be a serious player in this world cup because of his height he's six foot two i believe and so if they choose to pair him with Wout Weghorst or um someone like that all they really have to do is just cross into the box because Weghorst is what six foot six six foot seven anyway and they'll win most headers but so there is a game plan for if it goes late but their main plan is going to be keep it Keep it in probably 60 minutes uh, and get ahead. And then you can defend because, well, not defend, keep possession, but uh, still use the strength in the defense, you know, uh, to uh, to stay ahead. So certainly the Dutch are a bit of a dark horse. But now another team who were talked extensively about as a dark horse in their same group, although they've since lost Sadio Mane, which has certainly affected their status, Senegal and Bjorn what are your thoughts on the Senegal side who certainly have had themselves heavily affected by an injury I mean I uh, certainly think uh, they have potential to you know come out of this group second or if at all maybe lucky if they're first um, but of course you know without money it's a big blow 
Um, but I think I watched them last year during the Africa Cup. Honestly, I wasn't really that impressed by them, although they won. You know, many of the games were 0-0 going to penalties. Not much really to show for them, but, you know, I think they still have a lot of good players in their cabinet, good defense. I think Koulibaly really leads the team well. Um, and even I think you have some fresh players up front with like NDI, who's actually been very impressive uh, in the championship. Um, and, you know, many young kind of fast players on the wing. So I think, you know, they have a chance. I think they could definitely beat Ecuador and Qatar. Um, I think they could give Netherlands a run for their money on the first game. But overall, I just don't think they have that star power. And, you know, even their goalie, Mendy, he's been kind of in and out of the Chelsea team as of late. So I think that also affects him. He's not as confident as maybe he used to be. So I think certainly it's not really the ideal position Senegal want to be in uh, coming into the World Cup. Certainly a fair take. Um, I will say that I've been somebody who previously felt they did have the potential to be a dark horse with players like Mane, but I think that honestly, they may have had a better squad at the last World Cup, even though they were less hyped then. Like, I think now their depth is not there. Like, you look at their lineup, they're starting Pape Matar Sar, a player who is very promising, but hasn't played a Premier League minute for Tottenham this year in central midfield. And that's that's a worrisome sign, I would say, for their ability to cope with the top, top squads. I agree with you. I think they can make a run in the group, but like, I don't see them going much farther either. Yeah. And now on to another... Oh, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say it depends. I mean, I think this overall kind of... I wouldn't say an easy group, but I feel like, except for Qatar, I mean, Ecuador, Senegal, I think it's kind of hard to say. It's not like one's better necessarily than the other. Um, So kind of open, I think, like that compared to most other groups, I would say. And you've talked about it being a more open group, but also about Ecuador, another team who are a contender. And Bjorn, what's, what's your take on this Ecuador side? Um, I think I personally enjoyed them, or if I remember, they were very strong uh, in the qualifiers. And, you know, they were in a group with Argentina, Brazil, and actually managed pretty well. Um, I think they have a good team heading into this tournament, probably one of their best in recent years. Um, I think you also see that they have a solid defense. Um, Purvis has stupid none. Um, he's been really solid, I think, in recent weeks. Uh, sorry, recent month and uh, last year. Very impressive in the Champions League. Um, you know, he's really hard to crack down. He's a great defender. Um, also, Hind uh, I don't know how you pronounce the name, but from Bayer Leverkusen, who's actually uh, impressed pretty well, scored a couple of goals as strong with his head. Uh, so I think also that balance, which I feel like many weaker teams don't have uh, in the defense, especially. So I think that will help them in the long run. Ecuador, of course, are known usually for playing very kind of physical and really as a unit. Uh, so I think personally, me right now, I think they will finish ahead of Senegal in the group. Certainly, I agree with you that Ecuador is a team who have quality. I think, I don't know. I feel like at this point in time, they do also have their weaknesses too, though, because they're another side where you look at them and it's unclear where the goals will come from. And it's unclear how they will be able to beat some of these other teams, like a Senegal who have a Koulibaly in defense, and also mm-hmm. a Netherlands with their own strong defense. And even like against a team like a Qatar, if the Qataris were to score, then you would wonder how Ecuador would come up with the goals to beat them potentially. I feel like yeah, that is yeah, a concern yeah. for them. They do not really have a good attacking power. Um, I mean, I know they have Carlos uh, Greto, the center midfielder on Augsburg, but I mean, you're not you're not going to get goals from him. I mean, he's not really such a flashy player like that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think Ibarra, if I'm correct, but other than that, I really don't know really any top forwards they have. Um, I'm just looking. Yeah, a lot of them playing, you know, South America. Most of them. But you never know. I mean, like we see at a lot of tournaments, we have a lot of South Americans, especially just come out of nowhere, you know, showcase to the world they're actually top 
quality players. Not, yeah, it's not just because they play in Europe, you know. It's interesting to know that one such player who did kind of come out of nowhere at our Valencia is still in their squad. Potentially, he could have one last World Cup yes, for all this sort of experienced veteran who sometimes has those sorts of performances. Yeah. But of course, as we mentioned as well, Qatar are the fourth team of this group, and they also deserve their own mention. And Holden, what are your thoughts on this Qatar side? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very cohesive team uh, from what I've seen. They, they play together very frequently. Um, and, you know, uh, a lot of them came up through the same Aspire Academy and then got shipped out to Europe to train with other clubs. So they have a bit of that European experience, maybe not to the same extent as a lot of other teams, uh, with players such as Akram Afif, uh, Al Hayados, uh, players like that. Uh, they're, they're a somewhat talented team that, listen, I, I would expect them to come forth if it wasn't being hosted in Qatar, right? But because of the fact that it is in that environment that they're used to, you know, I, I mean, I still have them coming forth, but uh, I feel like they could be a competitive team, very possibly. Uh, they, they have that chance creation up top. Uh, they just have to make sure that they can finish, uh, which is a, you know, pretty key part. But uh, yeah, and they also have to make sure that they don't concede five every game. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I feel like though. Qatar, Qatar, I agree with you as the host nation. And with the talent they have, they certainly should on paper be able to pose a challenge to other teams. But their recent results have not been great. They lost 3-0 to a Croatia side, which was not even the senior national team or the under-23s, but basically just a cobbled together squad of Croatians playing locally who really were, should not have given them problems. I mean, that was not... That was not a game that any team in the World Cup should be losing in a friendly, and to make matters worse, they lost it three nothing. So, I feel like that is a warning sign, no? Oh yeah, completely. Uh, but I, I mean, yeah, it, it is, it is definitely a warning sign. And you know, obviously, there are allegations out there as to if they win on Sunday, what could have caused it. Listen, I, I'm not confirming, denying, saying anything like that. I'm not trying to catch a lawsuit. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I, I think that they have some level of talent. But, yeah, li like you had said, nowhere near the amount you would need to compete at this level. Um, so... Yeah, yeah, I, I don't have them doing too well. I will say there is also the caveat to the positive that in 2019 they did win the Asia Cup against some quality sides who are also at this World Cup. So certainly you can't rule out them having a good run. But at the moment, that does not seem the most likely outcome, at least to me. And speaking of outcomes, what are your predictions for this group, the two of you? Um, my predictions, I think I... I would say number one, Netherlands, and number two, Ecuador. Uh, that's just as of right now. Um, but it depends. I think it also depends, depending on the game tomorrow versus Qatar, Ecuador. If that doesn't go well for Ecuador, I don't see them making it out of the group. Um, but yeah, I think Netherlands are in a pretty privileged and lucky position. I think they could have definitely got a harder group. Um, 
And I think definitely with their talent, while at some times I think they're not really showing all their talent, they should be able to pull through this group, I think, with the East. Um, yeah, and so I think for the third, second spot, this is a tough one. But yeah, Qatar, I looked at the roster today, I think not a single player is playing in Europe. So, you know, I don't know, it's pretty tough to see them make it. But you never know. I mean, you've seen it like last tournament, Costa Rica just pulled out of nowhere. So who knows? No, they're always lucky. Sorry, two, what was that? 2014, Costa Rica was like somebody got out the group. But, Certainly. It will be interesting to see. I think for myself, I would agree with you, except for I would reverse Senegal and Ecuador. Um, after Senegal lost Mane, part of me was wondering, were they going to implode? But when I thought about it and looked at their squad, I still think that they have it in them to finish second in the group. I think the difference is that, in my personal opinion, I think that Qatar will pick up a point. I think they'll draw with Ecuador. And I think that Senegal will draw Ecuador, but that they'll be able to beat Qatar. I just think they have enough firepower to do it. I think that'll be the difference between two otherwise very fairly equal squads with the Dutch, in my personal opinion, finishing top. So I'll say Netherlands, Senegal, Ecuador, Qatar in that order. And Holden, for you, what, what are your predictions for this group? Yeah, I have Netherlands first. Uh, and like Bjorn, also Ecuador second, Senegal third, Qatar fourth. And um, it for me, it really depends on how Mendy does in goal for Senegal. If he has a good tournament and he finds his form, they should be in the round of 16. But if, if he continues sort of the form he's shown with Chelsea, I, I don't know. I, I, I think Ecuador might just edge it. Um, but yeah. Okay. So interesting takes place. And now on to Group B, where I'll hand over Holden to introduce us. Yeah, so Group B, um, it's a it's a really uh, close group, isn't it? Um, so so for the teams, all right for the teams. Um, England, we're going to talk about England first. Dash, uh, what are your thoughts on them? So England are an interesting team to pick. Their squad talent is arguably the best in the world, I would say. They may have the single deepest squad here at this tournament, given the players they've picked. But their squad actually could have been much stronger. I really question Gareth Southgate's selections on the defense in particular. Like the fact that he brought Harry Maguire over James Rakowski. I'm not saying Maguire shouldn't have made the squad at all. As some people have said, I do think there's a place for him. But you could, you could make the case that England has left several of their best most informed center backs at home, that's alarming. Like if I were the England manager, James Tarkowski would have a spot in this World Cup squad. Maybe Ben Mee too. Those are a couple of guys who I think could have made it, but didn't. Like I would take either of those over Eric Dyer right now, take either of them over Harry Maguire right now. Um, that that to me is alarming. I think also the fact that he picked Calum Wilson over Ivan Tony, I get the case for Wilson, but Tony is great on penalties. England traditionally don't do great on penalties. I would have brought Tony as an insurance policy thinking later in a tournament, which I know maybe it's stupid to take a player off of just penalties, but Tony's a good player outside of his penalty-taking skills, and such skills can be the deciding factor in a tight tight game. Also, I was surprised they left out James Ward-Prowse. Not a guy who would get a lot of minutes on that team, but he is a leadership figure for his club, Southampton. He's also one of the best, if not the best, free-kick takers in the world right now. Surely that's a guy you would want on your bench to provide some leadership and also to maybe bring in and score on a free kick late in the game if you needed to. Like, I feel like that could be, or at least try to score. Like, I feel like those are two players as well, but question why they're left out. 
England's form, this is another big story about them. Their form has been terrible. The way they played in the Nations League, which admittedly not the biggest tournament, but they still had some strong squads in there. They did not look good. If they play the way they did in the Nations League, they could face a group stage exit because they lost pretty badly to Hungary. And certainly you can make the case that all three of their opponents in this group are on Hungary's par at least. And so that's that's an alarming sign. That said, England's talent, the fact they've done well previously in tournaments under Southgate, I think they have to be considered a dark horse contender. If they show up and play the way they can, they become among the favorites to win the whole thing. If they show up and play the way they did in the Nations League, they could bomb. But I have to say that I think at this moment they're they're a dark horse. And so on the goal scoring front, do you think that, you know, obviously uh, they, they, they've only had, I think, three open play goals in a year or something like that in um, in competitive matches. Do you think yeah. that against such defensive teams as like Iran or Wales will definitely play defensive against them or even the U.S.? Do you think that that could impose a bit of a struggle for England? Or do you think that, you know, just the quality of England's attack at this point uh, will outdo whatever form they were in in terms of international play? I think that it will make it a struggle for them at times. It also does not help that Harry Kane has been in great form for Spurs, but he's also very tired at the moment. He got almost no rest from Antonio Conte. And I would not be shocked if he shows up to the tournament and is not his best simply because he has not gotten any time off and is probably gutted by now. So I think there will be problems there. That said, I also think that their performance will lift up several levels for the World Cup. So I think that those problems will probably be mitigated somewhat. I doubt they will be as impotent as they were in the Nations League at the World Cup. All right. And so covering the other one of the home nations, uh, um, Bjorn, you're, uh, you you took Wales. Um, so uh, what are your thoughts on this this Welsh team? Um, I think personally, I thought at once that the Wales are one of the, actually one of the poorest teams in the World Cup. If I'm just going on squad depth and looking at the players they have, but you know, I think always against England. I think me and Dash talked about this the other day that they always pull off, you know, that zero zero or one one somehow. And I think if they put some good strings together, it can certainly you know get some points. Um, they have some quality players. I think Gareth Bale, obviously the magic he can always produce when he's in the national team. Kiefer Moore up top, who's a very good barrel threat, and I think it's actually very underrated, one of the underrated strikers all across the UK. Um, and then I think Sorba Thomas as well. He's very under the radar. He's very fast. I saw him in the championship against Burnley caused a lot of problems. Um, and then also Connor Roberts as a right back, who I think is also very much uh, under the radar. He's really good, you know, kind of, he has a uh, long throw technique, which uh, Wales actually use uh, to their advantage with uh, players like more up front. So, you know, I think they can pull up some points, especially against maybe teams like Iran or maybe even England or USA, of course. So I think it's very open, but I still think they will finish last just based on overall team chemistry. And do you think that, you know, Gareth Bale obviously being, at least in the past few years, the center of their attack, do you think that that'll end up sort of continuing this year? Or do you think that they're going to try and diversify the attack um, just because of his age and the fact that, you know, he didn't really play much at LAFC yeah. this year. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think they should actually diversify their attack because, you know, you can't just rely on kind of an old, not so 
inform Gareth Bale, but I think on the way to the World Cup, they basically got into the World Cup due to Gareth Bale magic. So I think you can always rely on that, you know, set piece or that wonder goal from him that just pulls off. Um, but yeah, I think if they really want to do something in this tournament, you can't just rely on him. There's no way. Yeah, I I uh, I happen to agree, and I for this for this group, um, I chose the U.S. Um, so yeah, with the U.S., it's a very young team, just like the Netherlands, very motivated to try and prove everyone wrong about that last generation that missed the World Cup, you know, and and so I think that it could be. Uh, it, this this team is so hard to predict because of how young it is, right? It, it, I mean, possibly this team could finish anywhere from spot one to spot four, in my opinion. Like, it's so tough to predict this group of players. Also because under Burhalter, you know, it's, it's... He's not the most consistent manager, which is definitely something that you know, might not help the U.S. to some extent, or actually to any extent. But, I agree um, with you. <laughs> but yeah. I think, yeah, I think I agree with you that, like, Barhalter, the way he has just rotated players, the fact that the American soccer media will be like, who will make the squad this time? You should never be keeping your eye on who makes a squad for friendlies. That's not a good way to build team chemistry. It's not a good way to build a plan. I... I question Burhalter's judgment and his ability to create an, a consistent atmosphere. I think, to your point about them being young, I think the talent is totally there. The U.S. has a lot of quality players. In terms of talent, they're the second-best squad in this group, but the results have been poor. I think losing to Japan 2-0 is not as bad as people think. Japan's a quality side. Tying Saudi Arabia 0-0 is not as awful as people think. Saudi Arabia are probably better than they get credit for, but it's not a good sign either, and the USA did not look great in CONCACAF quality qualifying compared to some of the other CONCACAF teams, which is also a bit of a worrisome sign, too. So I, I would agree with you that they are certainly a wild card. Yeah, and I think that, um, you know, this team could, I think, it, it, the ceiling of the team is very high, right? In my opinion, the ceiling is quarterfinal. If they end up somehow notching first in this group, right, then they would get second in group a for the round of 16 um which you know depends on who you predict there but um would still be a somewhat competitive matchup for the us so i think i think it's a team with a high ceiling but also a very very low floor um so you know it's it's tough uh and i think they could make a run they absolutely could so i that's what i'm gonna say they're gonna do out of pure optimism but who knows and then as for iran um dash i think uh i think you have them certainly i think iran's an interesting team four years ago they were not fancied but they had some good players in good form and they ended up doing quite well for themselves they were very close to making the round of 16 in a tough group i have to say they're probably a weaker team this time around they're a bit more respected i would say but at the same time, they had more informed players then. At the time, Jahan Box was the top scorer in, in the Eredivisie. Um, Osmoon had not had a great season, but they had other players rounding into form. And this time around, things have changed a bit. 
Jahan Bosch is now a bit of a past his prime commodity, it would seem. He's gotten he gets minutes on Feyenoord, but is not a consistent starter. Osmond also gets minutes now in a much bigger club with Bayer Leverkusen, but it has not really been able to break into the starting 11 with any consistency. And he's also been hurt. So I think Iran's another team. We've talked about inconsistency and wild card quality throughout this group. Iran is yet another example of that. Their team was riven by a squad infighting over the coach over the summer. At the time, some of the players did not want the current coach, Dragan Skocic, to be retained. Others liked him. But in the end, they fired Skocic and returned to their old coach, Carlos Quiros, who was admittedly a pretty good choice in the sense that he has previously had success with them and a lot of the older players know and trust him. And since they hired him, they've actually beaten Uruguay, who, and I'll personally say that I think that Uruguay are overrated, but Uruguay gets talked about as a dark horse and Iran beat them in a friendly, which not the greatest litmus test, but it shows what they're capable of potentially. They'll be well drilled under Quiros and they also still have some star power of their own. I think it's arguable that Medi Taremi, the Porto forward, is perhaps the best player in this group who does not play for England. I would say it's between him maybe Christian Pulisic and maybe Ben Davis of Wales for that title, in my personal opinion. But Taremi is a star power player. He's got that ability. Osmond is another player who, even if he's not in great form for Leverkusen, if he's healthy, which is an if, because he has been hurt, he could be a difference maker for them. He's super talented and went on his day as a massive threat. Um, another player, like I said, Johan Bach has those moments of magic in him. They have a decent squad. They're not as deep as Wales or the U.S., in my opinion, but they're not a poor squad at all. And like I've talked about, they have quality players. They could totally make a run. I could totally see them going to the quarterfinals. I think if they were to play Netherlands or Senegal or Ecuador in the round of 16, they could upset them. But they could also finish bottom of the group. And while I don't think that they'll implode, I find that unlikely. They could have a poor tournament for sure. Do you think that possibly the issues... You know, with the government going on right now, do you think that that could cause maybe some instability within the squad? Or do you think that they're just focused mostly on the World Cup? And You know, I doubt that it does cause a lot of instability within them. I think the players have actually spoken out against the issues. Um, Osmond notoriously had a very open Instagram post where he criticized the fact that the government was repressing the protesters. And in the end, he had to take it down. But there's... There are certain players who do support the government in the squad, or at least in the national team setup in the past. Um, I can't speak for the players' current political views as I don't know them personally. Um, but I think in the end, the fact, I, I don't see that affecting them so much. I think that, like, Jahan Bach recently got very prickly in a press conference and accused the English media of talking about the social strife to basically try and destabilize them, which suggested there could be something there. But you almost wonder whether it could actually fuel them. Like, for example, in 2018, Croatia seemed to have some political strife in the squad. Some players had gotten in trouble due to testimony in a major corruption case, and they were disliked by a portion of the population. But in the end, look what happened with them. Um, I wouldn't worry too much about that. I would worry more about whether Iran's players are fit and whether their squad harmony could fall apart given the internal problems over the summer. I think that Quiroz will do a good job keeping that down. That's my personal opinion, though it could certainly become a factor. That's fair. And so what are what are everyone's predictions for this group? Um, Bjorn, I guess you would go first. Um, yeah. Uh, Got to say England first. Um, I don't think they'll be fully clean slate through. I don't think they'll win every match, but I think they'll still get the first job. 
I think USA will be second um, just because they have those, you know, individual talented players. I think we'll maybe take the first, I don't, I think first game USA will be pretty poor, but I think they'll get there. And then third, I'm going to put uh, Iran. I think, you know, they'll get a point or two and fourth Wales uh, for my final prediction. Yeah. And and Dash, what about for you? I largely agree with Bjorn. I think that England will win. I don't think they'll have a clean slate. I think that the U.S. will come second. I have a feeling that the U.S. is going to draw Iran. I think that Iran will be able to stifle the U.S. in that game, and they should have more maturities aside. I do think that the U.S. will have the talent to beat Wales, though. I can just see that going a little bit wrong for the Welsh. Um, the thing is, so I've got the U.S. coming in second. I somehow doubt that the U.S. will be the second most impressive team in the group. I just think they'll get a result against Wales. And I'm going to say that Wales are going to finish third, but honestly, I think they'll probably be the least impressive team in the group in terms of their performances. But they'll make it because I think they're going to draw England and they'll draw Iran. Iran, I think, will come in fourth only on goal difference. And my guess is that they'll be decent and look a capable side against all teams, but not be able to get big enough results. And they'll probably lose by more to England than Wales will to the U.S. simply by virtue of the opponents who they're facing. Although that could also be a very close game. So I really don't feel, I don't feel good about putting Iran fourth. But in terms of squad depth, like I said, they're probably the weakest, even if their star power is there. Like, I, I, I don't like my predictions for this group a ton. These are probably the, among the least confident predictions I have simply because all the teams are such wild cards. But if you, since you are asking me, that is my personal opinion on how this group will play out. And yeah. That's fair. Yeah, so mine is mine is a, a big wild card. I'm I'm taking the optimism route for the US and uh, I'm saying US come first on uh, seven points, I think. Um and then England second on five, Iran third, I think also on five, and then Wales in fourth. Just cuz I think that Iran won't concede many and I think that they're probably will be a 0-0 draw between Iran and England just because I mean England's goal scoring issues recently and Iran being very defensively compact I think that could be a result to look out for uh, and and I know it's it's a bit of a bit of a dumb prediction but listen if it ends up working I'm going to look good I guess if it doesn't is what it is um, I want to say, for the record, I'm kind of shocked I'm the only one who predicted Iran last, simply because traditionally I have been higher on Iran than most years. pundits. Yeah, so that's that's something I didn't expect. Like, whenever I see Iran on the tier list and they're, like, put down with, like, Saudi Arabia and Qatar, that always makes me frustrated and, like, that makes me wonder why people don't have more respect for them. So, interesting to hear. And hold an interesting take on the U.S. I'm If they pull that off, you're going to look clairvoyant after this. So yeah, I th- I think U.S. versus England's gonna end up zero zero as well because both teams attacking wise are just so so they they just don't finish and yeah. I think that with with Iran the only reason why I have them coming third is because I do think they'll I think they'll have two games where it's gonna be uh, they they get a shutout but I think that they're gonna lose to. Um, lose to the u.s or yeah lose to the u.s very narrowly um interesting okay um all right and so bjorn i think you have group c yeah all right so 
Group C, um, it's Argentina, Poland, Mexico, and Saudi Arabia. Um, we can start with you, Holden. Do you think that Argentina are the favorite, or should they just kind of glide through this group? I think that Argentina are definitely my favorites for this group. Uh, I like I like how dynamic they are in terms of their attack. They've got obviously Messi, Lautaro Martinez. I'm a very big fan of uh, Julian Alvarez. Um, so I, I think that that attack is just going to overwhelm the rest of the teams in that group, you know? Um, so, and defensively, they're a lot more stable than in previous years. I think, I think that Lisandro Martinez, really, really talented player. I saw him at Ajax grow up and he was, he was fantastic. Um, and then... They have uh, Acuna. They have all those guys in defense. They have Emmy Martinez. If he ends up playing, I, I remember last time I checked, he had a minor knock, but he shouldn't be out of the World Cup for that. Um, so yeah, I, I think that I think that Argentina will finish first with like nine points, probably. I, I think it should be a clean sweep. Um, but yeah. No, that's fair. Um, yeah, Dash, do you think, I think personally, maybe Poland could make a run for the money. Do you think they can do it? Poland's such an interesting team to predict. I think they're one of the teams where the public perception of them has changed so much over the years. It's kind of entertaining to watch. Like in 2016, they were seen as being sort of where Denmark are now, an outsider who could surprise. Since then, they've had two embarrassing tournament performances. But I think this is a year where they could actually turn things around and perform better than people expect. They actually qualified out of a difficult playoff setup. They they had to pass a good Sweden squad, which I think is pretty impressive when you consider it. And also their players are, A, their players internationally have always underperformed the previous tournaments. People may call them Lewandowski and a bunch of nobodies. But the issue isn't that they don't have anyone else. The issues that the other guys they have have either struggled with injuries like Arkadiusz Milik or like Piotr Zielinski, who is actually quite a good player at club level, have just underperformed internationally. If everyone on this team steps up, they should easily be able to qualify from the group because the, the quality they have between Lewandowski, who is, in my opinion, been robbed of two Ballon d'Ors now, and he may not talk that he is fired up for the Messi meeting, but surely he will be. And he also knows that he was poor at the 2018 World Cup. This is his legacy and his ability to be seen as just between a generational great and an all-time great. A lot of it hinges on his ability to perform internationally, and especially after Barcelona's Champions League disappointment, He's got to be feeling the pressure and the need to stake his claim of a player who is truly great because I think he doesn't get enough recognition as he deserves given how great he has been for so many years. So I think he'll have a massive tournament. He'll be fired up. Zelensky is in great form for Napoli. I think he's going to finally produce the goods on an international stage. Four years ago, people were saying he was De Bruyne-esque. He didn't perform at that level. He's still super talented, though. He's a guy who, by the end of this tournament, a lot of people could know. They've got other players who have been capable Milik is of course in now with Juventus he's been in decent form at times um I think he's a quality player who could do some things for them I just think they have they have enough in that squad they should be able to get through the group but it's Poland like I said the last few tournaments they've really underperformed they certainly could underperform again but I feel like they I feel like this is the, ch the chance for them to finally do better than people expect that's a fair take yeah I mean it's interesting because I think if you look at their squad compared to Saudi Arabia and Mexico, they're certainly better. But Poland, do you think Mexico 
could uh, maybe go ahead of Poland and try to get out of this group as they usually do. Personally, I, I, I struggle with predicting for this team because Tata Martino has not done a good job with this team. I think we can all agree. Um, they underperformed in the Nations League, losing to the U.S., uh, CONCACAF Nations League. They lost against a U.S. backup team, basically, in the, uh, in the Gold Cup. And, you know, I'm looking at their squad now. In terms of injury issues, it is, I mean, can they, can, will Raul Jimenez play like he used to you know obviously he used to be fantastic this season maybe maybe not as much um Hirving Lozano will also be um a very key player for them I think their most important will end up being uh Edson Alvarez um and 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 I but I don't think him alone um will be enough to really pull this off for them because he makes mistakes too just as any other player does and you know i don't have much confidence in jorge sanchez at right back i've seen how he plays at ajax not very impressed um uh i i, I but i mean kevin alvarez probably should slot in there i think he's a decent player um uh but yeah Funes Mori by the way up top if he ends up coming on for Jimenez I think I think this Mexico team will end up struggling a bit because because of the fact that there's such a drop off even even with um a player who's maybe not even on form Funes Mori is just not I I don't like putting down players but Funes Mori is not good as as much yeah. as I hate saying that um so yeah i th i think that um mexico won't get out of this group um and yeah yeah i think they'll definitely not get out of this group you think they maybe can rely on ochoa again to pull off magic or do you think his time is kind of over i mean we don't even know if he'll actually be starting goalie so i mean he should be um Tavalera, Tavalera's not really been incredible. Um, and, I mean, Ochoa's still, I think, by far and away their best goalie. But, I mean, yeah, he's he's 37 now. So, it's it's like, it's such, it's, it's unfortunate because a lot of the players on this team are, like, somewhat likable or like pretty likable but i mean yeah with tata martino in charge he used to be a fantastic manager but with mexico it's just all gone down the drain so far you know failing to win in two consecutive concacaf tournaments despite you know being the favorite for both i think yeah that's that's pretty embarrassing for him and for mexico maybe they could redeem themselves in this i don't think they will but yeah not fair do you think uh now dash saudi arabia this time will show something or show up at least at the world cup compared to last time 
I mean, compared to last time was weird because they they lost five nothing against Russia, which was not a good performance. And yet they managed to beat Egypt, so they didn't even finish bottom of their group, despite being, I think most people would remember them as a poor squad from that tournament. So that was kind of funny. I would be a little bit surprised they matched their point total from last time. Their squad just on paper is not the greatest. Um, but they have players who have had solid who have solid reputations, at least two. For example, I was recently reading a Guardian preview of Saudi Arabia. Plug for all fans looking to learn more. The Guardian has great World Cup coverage. I highly recommend you check them out. And like the they're the author of that preview certainly was a fan of some of their players. And also it's been said that Salam Al just sorry, the arguably our star player is perhaps the best player in the Middle East at the moment. Now, what you mean by the Middle East there, I kind of wonder because no one would say that he's better than say Mohammed Salah. Um, I think that Egypt is a Middle Eastern nation, but there's quality in the squad. They tied the US nil-nil. A lot of that was blamed on the US. Perhaps the Saudis are better than we think. They narrowly lost one note of Croatia. Perhaps the Saudis are better than we think again. I don't think they're as bad as people are going to give them, are going to say they are, but I just also don't see them making it out of the group compared to these other squads. Like Poland have more firepower, Argentina are an elite squad, and Mexico have more talent throughout their squad. That's just the gist of it with Saudi Arabia. Yeah, fair. I don't see them really coming out far. And now for predictions, Holden, what's your one through four? At number one, I have Argentina. Um, at number two, I have Poland. I, I just really like this Poland squad. Three, I have Mexico. Four, I have Saudi Arabia. As much as I do think Saudi Arabia could pose a threat maybe to Mexico in that three spot, I think that Mexico, just because of that, sort of World Cup experience as much as, you know, Saudi Arabia had that experience in in previous years. I think that Mexico having gone deep in the tournament before are probably going to be a bit more confident in the tournament themselves than than a team like Saudi Arabia. So, yeah, that's that's my one through four. Dash, you were. So for me personally, for Group C, I'm I'm also think that Saudi, that Saudi Arabia will finish last. I don't think they have the quality. I think Mexico third, like Holden. Actually, why am I going in reverse order? This is very funny. Um, but no, Argentina. First place will be Argentina, I think. I think Argentina are one of the best squads in the World Cup. You'll hear my opinion of them later when we get to our projected winners and finalists. Just sneak peek. They will be in that final. I won't tell you whether they win it or not. Um, I think they're a great squad. I think Poland will take second. Like I said, I think they finally make it out of the group stage again. I think Mexico will finish third. Like Holden, I question their capabilities at the moment. Um, and then fourth place, that leaves Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And I'm going to have to agree with both of you on that. Same four. Uh, Mexico hasn't really impressed in recent years. Um, yeah. So I think I also hope for Poland, at least, you know, to show up for one set of tournaments. So we'll see how that goes. Um, now, Group D, Holden. You're in charge. All right. So, Group D, it's um, uh, France, Denmark, um, Tunisia, and Australia. Um, so, uh, let's see. Um, I, I know I have Tunisia, um, Australia, Dash. Dash, what, what are your thoughts on this Australia team? It's an interesting one. I've 
certainly there was a point where it looked like they weren't going to make it to the World Cup potentially. Um, they were going to have to first overcome the UAE and then Peru in the World Cup playoffs. And I did not expect them to beat Peru, but they did beat Peru. And suddenly the narrative around this team changed. And now there's more positivity, I think. But at the same time, they're still a very limited squad. In the past, they've had more talent, you could say. Um, and while they have a history of playing better teams close in the World Cup, see their game against the Netherlands in 2014, the fact that they played well against France in 2018, but they're just they're just too limited right now. I don't see them really troubling anyone. I think they could give some teams a run for their money in close games, but like they are probably not going to cause much of a splash, if at all. Yeah. Um, do you think that um, that uh, that they could possibly um, or that they could um, shoot shoot? What am I trying to say? Oh yeah, with the with the two goalies, you know, um, could could that possibly be like a conflict that could hurt them? You know, the fact that they have two goalies that are so capable that it's tough. I doubt it. It shouldn't bother them. I mean, we've seen teams in the past two goalies succeed, like the Netherlands in 2014 with Krul and Sillison. Um, with Brazil in 2018, had Allison and Ederson. Redmayne came on for the penalty shootout, but he was not the starting goalkeeper. I think they should be. I think they should be fine. I don't think that would be a massive problem for them. I think their problems lie elsewhere, which is really in the lack of talent. Yeah, and so. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you on that team just in general. Um, and so, Bjorn, you have Denmark. Um, what what are your thoughts on this team? I've been actually very optimistic uh, in my World Cup predictions. I actually had them going all the way to the semifinal. Um, I actually personally think they can top this group, also given France's latest problems. Um, previously, I think a couple months ago, they were they dominated France in the game. Uh, France was playing pretty top players. Um, I think they have a good chemistry, team spirit, especially after what happened in the Euro last time. I think that also kind of boosts them. Um, I mean, they have quality players all around. Of course, we know Eriksen, uh, Christensen, I think they're a very good defender. And even, I think, one of the most underrated wingbacks or left-backs in the world, uh, Joachim Mela, I think he's a really top player. Um, and then also up front, I mean, people could say they have Braithwaite or Yusuf Paulson. I mean, they're not really maybe elite strikers but you know they can get the job done i think they just have that team chemistry and bond with also a, a really good goalie so i think they're a, my dark horse for this entire tournament and so Thank where you. do you where do you see any potential issues because because i'm very high on this team as well but you know uh yeah do, do you see any yeah. uh potential issues i mean i think they kind of lack just that star power um, I mean, you can maybe argue Ericsson kind of returning back. You could say maybe Hoytjerk is one of the better center defensive midfielders in the world, but, you know, he's not like a game-changing midfielder, I would say, who's going to turn around the game for you. I mean, he can score, but I think that's what they lack, like a real kind of star player in that team. But I think in terms of depth or just overall standard quality players, I think they're right up there. Yeah. I I agree with you guys that they're quality. I think I also have them going to the semifinals and I almost had them going to the finals. Um, I won't tell you who I had been them in the semifinals, but I do think they're I do think they're a great dark horse. Oh, and I'll let you know I have them in the final. Uh but 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 uh okay. So um 
<laughs> um, Dash, you have France. What are your thoughts on this France team? Because France is sort of in a similar boat to England. I think the results weren't as alarming, given that the teams they were going up against were better quality overall, in my personal opinion. But at the same time, they've not been in great form. I mean, they've they've been quite poor. And also at Euro 2021, they were poor. And even at World Cup 2018, they won the whole thing, but they were not the most impressive squad throughout. Um, Didier Deschamps has had a lot of success with them, but he's also been criticized a lot for his style, which is very defensive and perhaps does not take advantage of their talent. And to make matters worse from them, well, they may have the most talented player pool in the world, you could argue. They don't have all that talent at Qatar. Conte is hurt. He's a massive loss for them. He was crucial to them in 2018 and is still a great player. They're also missing Pogba, who, despite his patchy club form over the years, has often stepped up for France in massive ways at major tournaments um, and has really risen to those occasions. So they'll certainly miss him. And also then now with the breaking news, they've lost Kareem Benzema for the World Cup. That's terrible for them because in my personal opinion, he's their best player. Um, and Mbappe is certainly their most capable player, but Benzema is another player who just like, I mean, there's not a country in the world who would not want Benzema on their team, I think. He's just so high quality. He's the Ballon d'Or winner. Um, I'll also say that I don't always agree with Champs' squad selection as well. He's left some players at home who I think perhaps could have had a case to go. For example, Martin Terrier has been great in Ligue 1 the last couple of years. I don't know why he's not been put in the squad. My hope is that now with Benzema getting hurt, he'll get a chance to come in because he's a player who I think could make a difference for this team. But you look at their squad right now, and it's honestly not super threatening. Like, I'm, and I think this is the case throughout the World Cup a lot. There are a lot of teams who we list as favorites, and it's like, oh, they have so many great players. They have a lot of very good players, but like when you look at their actual squad, it's like, wait, they're not quite as good as I thought they would be. And France's squad underwhelms you a little bit when you compare it to the expectations and also just their form and the fact that like they were in the same Nations League group as Denmark and finished below them. So I feel like France will break the World Cup winner's curse of going on the group stage. They're too good not to, in my opinion, but winning the group. I would say would be I would be surprised if they won the group. That's my personal opinion. Absolutely. And do you think that, you know, with all of the scandals and controversies going around this French national team recently with uh, some uh, some allegations from French journalists about the higher ups maybe not being the nicest people? Um, do you think that that could, you know, also play a role? I, I, I noticed that for a lot of teams, I'm saying this, but but especially with France, could this play a role? You know, with a lot of teams in the past, I said that I didn't think these scandals were going to play a role. I'm less inclined to worry about the higher-ups with a lot of teams, including France. But where I think scandal could play an issue is with the players themselves. Because Mbappe's attitude with PSG over the last couple of years has surprisingly deteriorated. He previously seemed to be quite an intelligent and like team-focused guy, but he does not seem to be that way anymore. I think his legacy could end up being really tarnished for this World Cup, honestly. Like, he could go under something like Neymar in 2018, where he just ends up looking bad afterwards through something he does. I, my guess would be it would probably be, like, just seemingly being arrogant off the pitch, because on the pitch, he's not truly a nasty player at all. Um, and then also, like, Adrian Rabiot is a wild card flashpoint, but, like, controversy follows him around. It's kind of funny to think that he was arguably a better player in 2018 than he is now, yet he missed the squad then and made it now. He's been in good form for Juventus, so he's a quality player for that squad. But at the same time, like at the last tournament, when they went out, his mother was seen arguing with Pogba's family and then also with Mbappe's. And I could certainly see those sorts of clashing egos 
coming to the fore again at this World Cup for this for this team. And France are no strangers to controversy, so we'll see. Yeah, and so I I have Tunisia. It's a it's a very tough team because a lot of their players um, either play in you know Ligue 2 or in the Tunisian league. So it's 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 hard to find a lot of stuff on their players, but. For me, I personally love Hannibal Mejbri. Uh, I think he's a fantastic player. Um, he really has that 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 aggression, you know, that that old school sort of mentality, um, which I, I see that a lot of players lack in the modern day. I really like uh, Kazri um, up top. So I, th I think it's a decent team. It's a team that a lot of people are overlooking just because of the fact that, you know, they don't have the best individual names. And and I think that they could produce a pretty pretty big shock here. And you'll hear what I mean by that um, in my prediction. I, I had alluded a, a bit to my predictions being a bit crazy beforehand. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. Um, I think they... I think they certainly can produce a result. The optimism in their camp seems to be pretty high. The coaches said that he'll resign if they don't make it out of the group stage, which is certainly an interesting position to take. Um, but also, like I think that they they have had some good results. They beat Japan 3-0 previously a few months ago, which, like I've said before, Japan's a quality side. So I agree with you. There is talent there. And even they have some unknown players to most people who could be quite good, like Yusuf Msakni is one, for example, who could be one to watch. So there's certainly potential there. Absolutely. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, they did, despite the fact that they did sort of struggle to, to, uh, to qualify for the tournament from what I remember, or no, they didn't struggle. They just had a, um, uh, a really, really tough. Yeah, they did struggle actually. Never mind. I just checked. Yeah, it was, it was against Mali, which in fairness, this Mali team that we're talking, that I'm talking about, uh, has has improved very significantly since last uh, last tournament and in the last few years, but but yeah, I mean I like this Tunisia se uh, Tunisia team, and so I think that they could really produce a shock here. So um, reference uh, uh, speaking of that, let's uh, let's go to predictions. Uh, Dash, what's uh, what's your prediction? So I'd just like to preface this by saying, with your comment about re reviewing things as well, just from reviewing, I'm not sure that Tunisia's manager will be resigning if they don't make it out of the group stage, but he will not be staying on if they don't make it out of the group stage under his current, or at least as what he's currently said will be the case. I'd also like to say previously when I said that Milik has been in good form at times for Poland, um, his statistics have been decent this year, but in terms of goal scoring, but not all of his statistics have been decent. So make of that what you will. I have personally not watched him play extensively because unfortunately I do not have time to watch all Serie A players. And I'd also just like to say for all anyone listening to this, if at any time you feel that we have released a in factual inaccuracy, and this is not just based on opinion, but like actually like we're missing something important, please feel free to like let us know. We're always trying to have the best product we can in terms of factuality. And while we do, of course, express our opinions, we also try to ground them in facts as much as possible. But anyways, non-sequitur, my predictions for this group, pretty straightforward. I think Denmark to come in first place, France to take second, Tunisia to take third, Australia to take fourth. This was one of the more straightforward predictions for me. Bjorn, what do you have? I agree. 
hopefully. That's what I had also. Um, I mean, if, you know, friends shows up, I, I guess they could go first, you know. I mean, talent-wise, obviously, they're the best team there. But I also think number one, Denmark. All right. And for me, um, I have Denmark first, Tunisia second, France third, and Australia fourth. I think the World Cup curse is going to continue. Uh, I, I really, really like this Tunisia side. I, uh, it's, it's just, it's not even that they necessarily have the most technical ability, anything like that. They just have that passion. They have that intensity. They really go at you. And, and I like that in a team. Uh, and, and I also think that with France, like you had said about Mbappe, Rabio, and, you know, the whole Mendy scandal, that also them losing him and, you know, all that, I think also with the injuries of France, it's like all this stuff that's just compounding and compounding. I think, I think that, um, that Tunisia will pull off an upset and then France in third and Australia fourth. Um, as much as I do hope Australia do well. Uh, but yeah. And so then... now moving on to group E, Gordon will take that one over and hold it. And I just think that like, if Tunisia comes, if Tunisia proves you right again, you will appear clairvoyant. So best of luck yeah. to you with that prediction. <laughs> You can bet on it. I'm no, I'm um, all right, Group E. Um, yeah, I'll start off with uh, Spain. Uh, I think personally, they have what it takes, I think, to actually beat everyone. Uh, they beat Germany last time up 6 0. Uh, I don't think that will happen again, but I think in general, you know, they have always a really good squad. They get a really good group of guys together. Seems like they also have good team spirit. Um, However, I'm a bit concerned about this kind of hype around, especially all these young players. I mean, like Gavi and I mean, I think Pedri's very established. He's already established as one of the best um, midfielders in the world, I would say. But players like Gavi or even um, up front Ansu Fati, you know, barely getting any minutes because of injury. They're not really in top form. Um, they don't have the leaders in the back anymore, PK or uh, Ramos. Um, I think Pau Torres is a very good center back, but just lacking, I think, that kind of star power they used to have they're also they didn't take Tiago along so I think they're really kind of betting on the youth um and I think in a couple of years this team will show why they can win a world cup but as of right now um I don't see them being the favorite in the group I still think Germany is a better side um yeah then we'll move on to so we kind of go back and forth move on to Japan Holden what do you think do you think they can be a dark horse I think that they're a very good side. I don't think they're on the level of France. Oh, I'm not France. Sorry, Spain or Germany. Um, I think that I think that they're still a fantastic side. Um, you know, Minamino obviously didn't really work out at Liverpool, but he's still a decent player and has played very well for the national team, scoring ten goals in nine matches during World Cup qualifying. Um, so yeah, um, and then obviously you have, um, Daichi Kamada, I really like him, um, and there's Maeda from Celtic, he's another fantastic player, I like him a lot, um, there's Endo from Stuttgart, another really, really good player, so I think that they can, 
they definitely will come third, in my opinion. And and I mean, listen, if if Spain or uh, or Germany really struggle, they'll definitely. Uh, I think Japan would definitely finish second. But I I just don't see those two really slipping up much. Yeah. Japan could be this year's version of Iran, where like in in many groups they would be good enough to qualify from the group stage, but in this group they just will have gotten bad luck in the group they have. I really like their squad. I think they have a lot of good players. Um, I know their coach is not the most popular with the fan base, though. And I I know that perhaps they underrate him a bit, but he has also made some confusing decisions, like leaving out Kyogo Furuhashi from the squad. But I do like the players they have a lot. I think they're quite good. I think yeah. those groups, they would qualify for the knockout stage. Absolutely. And I feel like, just like that old Iran team, they're such a strong unit. As a team... They play so well together, in my opinion. Um, when I watched them play against the U.S., it was so organized, so well, just well done in general. You know, and that could have just been that the U.S. was sloppy on the day. But, I mean, it was it was impressive what I saw from this uh, Japanese side. And I think Certainly. that, yeah. Also, one player I forgot to mention, Tomiyasu He's had a few injuries, but he's still fantastic. So I think, yeah, um, it's a quality side, just not enough for me to, Sorry, to beat. Yeah. But I'll, I'll clarify myself. I don't know that I think they would finish second in most groups, but I think that they're around a 16-level team, ultimately, that they could totally make that level, and they would fit in. Yeah, yeah no, certainly. I think they can definitely... I mean, even in this group, I still think they have a chance because, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Germany somehow just fumble and mess up on the first match against Japan. But yeah, overall, I think they're kind of unlucky with the group. Um, and then speaking of Germany, uh, I mean, I think there's a really, for me, especially, I'm constantly thinking it's kind of boom or bust, you know, in some ways, I think, fold out. I think Germany have one of the best squads in the tournament, one of the best depth. They can go all the way, win it. Uh, with a great manager, but then on the other hand, I feel like, you know, it's classic Germany to just lose some stupid game, like 2-1 to Japan or something. Um, but no, I mean, I think the problem with Germany is the defense. Um, I still think they'll get through the group, but uh, without, except for Rudiger, I think defense is a disaster. I mean, Schotterberg and Sula, I think, are very, very high rated, but if you really pay attention to them, watch a lot of the games, they're very mistake prone. They play well in 85 minutes and then make a one blunder. Left back's always been a concern for Germany. Playing David Rome, I don't think is a good solution. Um, I think it was a big mistake to leave Robin Gosens out of the World Cup, but I guess the managers know best in what they see in Italy. Um, but I think Germany, me personally, I think they have the best midfield and offensive kind of group in the entire World Cup because just due to the fact you can probably either bring in one of Gundogan or Goretzka when one of them goes down. And then uh, assuming Kimmich always plays 90 minutes, and then you can always bring in one of Musiala, Muller, Gnabry, or Sané. Um, and I think Musiala, I mean, I'm a bit biased here, but I think Musiala really is a top player. I think he could definitely reach Mbappe, Messi, or Neymar, uh, Ronaldo level at some point. And I think he'll show this World Cup. Only kind of caveat, I think, is the center forward. Um, we don't really have that top player. I mean, Havertz plays very well in the national team, but he's been struggling with form at Chelsea. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. Um, my hopes are high, but you never know with Germany. They 
they disappoint you very often more than you think. Um, and then the other team, Costa Rica, Holden, what do you think? Do you have any chance? No, not really. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, in, they're a good team. Absolutely. Everyone else in the group is so much better. And, and it's no offense to Costa Rica. They're, they're on fantastic form. Um, you know, but, um, having recently even beaten the United States, Canada, you know, they drew with Mexico, they beat Nigeria. They're, they're a decent team. Absolutely. Uh, they drew with South Korea, but, and, and this is a major, I, I mean, their players to, to, to compete in a group that, um, uh, that has such quality talent. I feel like they're maybe a bit too old, a bit too slow of a squad. You know, Kaylor Navas, fantastic player. He's reaching his upper 30s at this point, right? 35 years old. Um, you know, Joel Campbell, uh, he's 30 now. You know, Brian Ruiz, he's 37 now. It's, it's, I, I mean, I like the team, but it's, it's on uh, Kendall Watson. He's 34 now or Watson, my bad. Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, like it's, it's a good team, but they're so old. And I, I don't think that in a group that has such intense pressing teams as Germany or as, um, Japan, that they'll be able to really play off the counter attack effectively or anything like that. I feel like their players are too slow at this point to really um, make any make any difference, which which is sad because it's a very likable team, likable fan base. But yeah, I, I don't see them doing much. Yeah, no, I certainly don't think though go anywhere i mean they once did it in 2014 but i don't think that'll happen again um now yeah, that was when uh, that was that was when uh Kaylor navas and uh, brian ruiz and all those guys were in their early 20s now uh yeah. now unfortunately they're a bit they're, older yeah i mean i still yeah. think Kaylor navas is a great goalie but uh he can't oh, single-handedly yeah. keep them in the world cup um yeah yeah now group predictions Dash, what do you think? I think for me, so okay. I, this one was tough for me because between Spain and Germany, Spain's in better form. I'd like Germany's squad more. Like, if I could be a manager for any of these teams right now, and like it was like pick your job, they'd be one of the teams I would totally consider taking because they have so many good players. But I had to go based on form. Germany's just been in too unreliable form. I picked Spain over them. Shocker, I had Germany going farther in the tournament in Spain in the end I just I don't know I had to believe in them ultimately to some extent but I think in the group stage Spain will finish ahead of them Germany second Japan third if Japan upsets one of these two teams I won't be stunned but at the moment I just can't I can't trust that that will happen and then Costa Rica in fourth yeah I I really like Hansa Flick as much as some people you know, I, I know he's had criticism in the past. Maybe yeah. I, I remember he had that 
um, that season where he won six trophies or something like that. Yeah. More wins, uh, more trophies than losses, yeah. Exactly. Right. So I think, yeah, that was the 2020, right? Yeah, the COVID with, year. With the... Yeah, and so I, I, I like him. I, I like the Germany squad as much as, um, you know, they have been inconsistent. Uh, I think that Spain's inexperience will probably uh, hurt them quite a bit. Um, other than, I mean, like, Spain have some old, experienced, good players, but I think that generally it's such a young squad that, you know, it puts them in an awkward position. So I have Germany first, Spain second, Japan third, and unfortunately, uh, Costa Rica fourth. Um, Predictable. Yeah. Um, I was kind of an interesting, different one. I mean, I put Germany first. I think they'll manage. I don't think they'll win every game. Uh, however, I think Japan will come second. I think Japan won't lose to Spain. I just think their organization and Spain's kind of lack of cohesion. So I'm very high hopes in Japan. I also don't think Germany will win against them. Uh, and then third, Spain, and fourth, Costa Rica. I think Spain will be kind of a disappointment in this tournament. So, but at, oh, sorry, I have to say that's that's a decent pick. I think the Spain versus Japan game will be fun to watch because both of those teams have so many good technical players. It'll be interesting to watch two teams with that much talent in terms of yeah. technical ability go up against each other. And I'll also say Spain's squad on paper, like they have good depth, but it doesn't impress yeah, me sure. so much. No. I mean, so, yeah, that's, I think it happens like Japan's top players. I mean, the form of their life, as you know, like Daichi Kamada, like he's scoring goals galore in like Bundesliga. And then also Endo, I think they're a top class player. So I think they just have those players kind of at the right time at the right moment, you know, so and see what they can do. Interesting. It's a bit of. A bit of a shock pick, but it makes it certainly makes some sense. That's why. So, um, yeah. Where are we at now? Group F. Right. Yeah, um, we're on Group F. Um, so yeah, it uh, it's let's see, it is um, Belgium, Canada, Croatia, and Morocco. Uh, so. Um, Dash, I know you very much like Croatia. Um, what what are what are your uh, well well yeah? What are your thoughts on this Croatia side, and why do you think that, or why do you like them also? But like yeah, I have to say so. Here's a place where my bias can come in. Um, personally, Luka Modric is my favorite player in the world. He's been my favorite player since World Cup 2014. And in 2018, admittedly, I did not see him going that far, but it was a magical ride for me to watch as a fan. So certainly I have more exuberance and emotion for this team than many others. But at the same time, I think that despite the fact that I'm a big fan of their play, I think that even if I weren't a fan of them, I would still think that they had a serious shot to go very deep in this World Cup. Um, I think that we've talked a lot about Denmark being a dark horse. Croatia is very much in that same bracket. If you take the name off, like if you took the name Croatia off and exchanged it with Spain or France and looked at their squads, Croatia's would not be that much weaker than France's. And you can even make the case perhaps it's better than Spain's. I think that's arguable. It's not as deep, but the talent is really there. I mean, Modric is in amazing form. Again, Brozovic has been a great player these last couple of years. Mateo Kovacic is a player who 
has not always been a consistent starter for Chelsea, but has actually performed quite well on many occasions and who I think is probably underrated at this point. I think he's a really good player. Um, Andre Kramerich is a guy who's put up tons of stats in the Bundesliga and he might not even start because of the way that the chemistry in this team works, but he's quality. Um, Perisic has been a contributor for Spurs. He always ups his game with the national team. I mean, just looking at squad up and down it, it's a very good squad. Um, I think there's there's less experience and perhaps a little bit less star power than there was in 20... Well, certainly less star power than there was in 2018. But it's still really good. And in a World Cup like this, where so many teams are in poor form, one thing that sets Croatia apart is they're in great form. They've qualified for the UEFA Nations League final. They really caught a good vein of form over the summer. So they're coming into this World Cup with some good performances. Admittedly, they only beat Saudi Arabia 1-0 in their most recent friendly. But I wouldn't call that an alarming result. Like There are potential explanations for it. And before World Cup 2018, their friendly results were not amazing either. But I just think that the talent in the squad, their good form, they can really cause teams problems. I think they got a group job, which is tougher than some in the sense there's no team who's obviously a walkover for them. But I think that they also don't have the challenges that some other teams face in the group of like having to play an intense, intense, truly top, top class opponent the way some others do. And also in the knockout stages, like I think, admittedly, I predict them going out in the round of 16. But if they win in the round of 16, I think they can go to the semifinal and perhaps even the final again. Like the path is totally there. And I think that this is a team who could beat any team in the world on their day. The question is just, is it their day or not? Absolutely. And so, um, Bjorn, you have uh, Canada um, and also Morocco, but first let's do Canada. Uh, what are your thoughts on them? Um, it's really hard to say. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're very inexperienced. Uh, so I think, you know, they couldn't kind of go out of this tournament with zero points. Or at the other hand, you know, actually may get a winner point. Um, and you never know. I mean, I'm a huge Davies fan, probably one of my maybe even my most favorite player in the world right now. He's fantastic. I think he's like a joy to watch. I think we'll really show this World Cup, like, you know, that he's really up there in the elite category, but there's not much help other than that. I mean, I know Jonathan David has been scoring goals in the French League, so, you know, there's something to look forward, but defense mostly probably consisted of um, MLS guys. Um, They have another winger, Tejan Buchanan, who's apparently getting into Europe now, and he's doing pretty well, and he's pretty impressive. But I think other than that, they're just there's not enough depth. Um, that's the worrying thing. I mean, I could see them, you know, scoring two goals, but also conceding five. Um, so I don't see them going far. I don't see them making it out. But I think they'll put on a show, put some interesting games up. Yeah. And um, uh, do you think that Alfonso Davies will end up playing some games? Because I, I, I remember he yeah. had an injury uh, going into this. Uh, do you think that um, he'll end up playing more than one or two? Or, um, I mean, I think by the looks, he got injured a couple, I think four matches before it stopped with Bayern, uh, and they rested him. I think Bayern said he's fit for the World Cup, so I assume he'll play. Actually, opening game, I'm not sure about 90 minutes, but as what I hear, I think he'll be available. But yeah, of course, he's also often, I wouldn't say injury prone, but he's had his fair share of injuries. Uh, so they have to keep an eye on that one, certainly. And without him, I think it's going to be really tough. Absolutely. And then uh, what are your feelings on this Morocco side? Because I know it's a very polarizing team in terms of yeah. how people view it. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's also interesting. I think there's a lot of 
uh, conflict within the team, like the whole issue with the Ziyech, I think, always causing uh, the conflict between him and the board. Um, but I, the talents there, I mean, I think out of all African teams, I would say, I think they have the, I wouldn't say they have the best, but they have kind of a solid round group of players. I think Mazarawi is a really tough player and they have also many offensive weapons. Um, but I think like last World Cup, they didn't really level up to expectation. They play well, but they don't play great. Um, and I also think losing Amina Hari to that horror injury kind of really shocked them down. I mean, they brought in a favorite Burnley player of mine, Zaruri, who I think is really class, but I don't think he'll play much. Um, but, you yeah, know, I don't see them going far. I mean, they also have a great goalie, I think. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it's, it's tough to say. I think they're a very interesting team that kind of go either way, kind of boom or bust. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a it's a complicated team, isn't it? It's obviously Ziyech. That's uh that's uh that's going to be an interesting situation to watch because uh, you know they uh they did I think resolve the issue, but yeah. maybe there is still that underlying sort mm -hmm. of tension between the squad and him. Uh, maybe, but I I hope not because I really like Ziyech. And I really like Masrawi, and I like this Morocco team, but um, but yeah, and then I ended up having uh, Belgium, and so with Belgium, their their golden generation, huh? Not I'm looking too good. Them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with Jan Vertonghen, uh, Toby Alderweireld. Um, all those guys at the back. Listen, I love that. I absolutely adored those players growing up, Jan Vertonghen and Toby Alderweireld. But it's 2022, man. They're 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 in their mid to upper 30s. They're not quick enough to 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 really defend with to to defend like quick attackers anymore, right? So basically, I think that um, I, I think that. Teams will target their defense, right? And obviously, Roberto Martinez, very defensive tactics. And as we saw in the Egypt game the other day, um, you know, De Bruyne probably isn't isn't much of a six, right? Um, but, but yeah, um, so I think that that will end up being the issue for Belgium. Also, the fact that Romelu Lukaku is out. I don't have much confidence in in their attack, really. I think that they're a bit of a fraudulent team, in all honesty. Yeah. Um, I I think that um, De Bruyne, while he's fantastic, uh, can't do it all on his own. And and I think that they have obviously talent. Actually, I should rephrase that. They have they have a load of talent, but ta talent doesn't win you games. Right, you have to want to win those games. You have to fight to win those games. They don't do that. That's not what they did. They just and and that's why ultimately this generation failed. Right, as much as you can say, oh well, they came, they came third in the World Cup. Well, with with a squad like that, you should be finishing first. Yeah. Right, and so yeah, I, I mean, I don't really like the team. Um, that could just be my personal biases uh playing in but i mean yeah it's uh you lose 4-1 to the netherlands while the while the manager is 
um, just out of the hospital. That's kind of, uh, yeah, that's not a not not yeah. the best look. Um, and then you lose two one to a team that didn't even qualify for the tournament. Although to be fair, was a bit of a controversial not qualifying because of the laser pointers. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I I, I think the Belgium. Uh, as always, will end up disappointing everyone, um, which you know hurts my heart for Jan, uh, Jan Vertonga, and for Toby Alderweireld. But yeah, I mean, you have to expect that with this team. Yeah, it's not like it's harsh to say that they failed as a generation. I mean, they were very close to winning the World Cup. Certainly, that France game could have gone the other way. I thought they had a good performance there. But I agree with you. I don't think this is a great team. I think they there are alarming signs of them. And even like I, as a Spurs fan, Vertonghi is a legend. He also seems like a really cool guy off the pitch from what I know about him. Um, but he is, I mean, Andrew Lester, not a great team, even in the Belgian league. And it's alarming that a guy who's starting on Andrew Lesch is your starting center back if you want to be one of your starting center backs if you want to be a World Cup contender. I also just, I think that Roberto Martinez has honestly held them back. The amount of authority that the Belgian FA has given him has been shocking to me because he is not an elite manager by any stretch. He hasn't even performed up to expectations of them necessarily. I mean, he's performed up to expectations in a sense, but he's never he's never showcased himself to be a genius. That he has been in this job for years. And another thing that I think is really alarming to me is that he seems to be more interested in starting Aiden Hazard than in starting Leandro Trossard. And if Belgium's going to have a good World Cup, I think that Trossard is a player who they will need to play a massive role because he's yeah. he's had some great moments for Brighton. Oh, and Absolutely, I just I can't understand how you start Hazard over Trossard. Like, like why would you? I think that's I think it's confusing. I think it says that they're more worried about legacy than about actual ability at this moment, which is a bad sign. This team has potential struggles written all over it. Absolutely, and yeah, I, the only reason I say that it was a failed generation is because you know the expectation with the players that they have, and and, and from you know. Uh, from the fact that they were the number one rank for three years, despite, you know, again, I mean, like, I, I keep bringing up winning t tournaments, but ultimately that's the goal for a team like that, right? They, their, their main goal is always, uh, we want to win everything, right? And so when you end up failing to win anything that ends up being, I think, yeah, not and and i mean yeah roberto martinez plays a huge role in that his his tactics are extremely defensive i i think that uh play 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 de bruyne as a 10 don't play him as a as a six right that's ridiculous right you, you um you play you play a player who can win the ball as a six you play a player who can mm -hmm. do something like that it can um uh, uh, do progressive dribbles as a as a as a six you don't you don't play someone who's known for their you know um line well i mean you could but not with not with most most systems you don't play a player who with his back to the goal that he's supposed to be facing isn't necessarily the best you know i, I think that was the arguably the most ridiculous thing Martinez has done in his uh, managerial career, but um, but yeah, I, I as as much as I do clown on this Belgium team, 
I do have them making the knockout round, so it's yeah. And then yeah. So um predictions. Yeah. Uh what do you have, Bjorn? Um I have Croatia going first. I just think in general Luka Modric, that kind of magic will probably come again. Uh Belgium second and then third Canada and then fourth Morocco. Although I have to say I think each team will have its fair share of points. None of them will have a clean slate. So I think we'll be really coming down a goal difference at the end. Maybe from uh, second all the way to fourth. Absolutely. And uh, Dash, what's your your prediction? So I also have Croatia finishing first. I have Belgium coming in second. I wouldn't be shocked if they were to get knocked out of the group stage, however, at this point. But they could also go on and win the group. They have the talent. I mean, really, I picked them here based on talent. For me, a lot of times when I had just tough decisions, I ended up trusting talent would carry these teams through because I think that in the end, it often does play a key role for some of the bigger sides. I said Morocco coming in third. I actually think they're a bit underrated right now. Um, I think they could honestly cause a shock and deserve more respect. And then Canada coming in fourth. I think Canada will be one of the better fourth-place teams of this tournament, but I just think they're in a tough group. This is a group where there's no one team who obviously doesn't fit in the way in some other groups. I think there's one team who's either much better or much weaker than the others. Just personal opinion there. Absolutely. I have the exact same, except I think that Belgium will really barely squeak through, maybe even on goal difference. Yeah. Right. I, I think that uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I like the Morocco team because I think that it's dynamic. and But yeah, I do think the, the issues behind the scenes could or will play a part and uh, will ultimately hold them back from uh, what would be honestly a very sad end to um, to to su- uh, such a generation of talent that um, that Belgium have had, in fairness to them. Um, but I think uh, now it's now it's on to you, Bjorn, for Group G. Yep, Group G, uh, Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. Cameroon. Uh, so first, uh, Brazil. I think my they're my personal favorites to win the whole thing. Holden, how do you see that? Yeah, Brazil, fantastic team. You know, I I I like Anthony off the bench. Uh, obviously, you know. Uh, I was hurt a bit by the way you left Ajax, but that's it's all good, you know. Get your bag, King, you know. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, he it's it's a it's a very talented team. I think that they're my second favorites to win, although I don't have them winning at all uh, or um, getting to the final. Um, I I I think. Yeah, always going to be one of the favorites. I think they they have the quality to win, but I think that with the egos behind the scenes, once they once they face a really high level opponent, it's going to end up hurting, uh, or it's going to end up clashing, and that's going to cause some issues, um, unfortunately. And you know, Richarlison. He almost went to Ajax as well a few years back. That that one ended up hurting. Um, 
because he snubbed us for what was it Watford or something which yeah rough but um <laughs> it's all good um <laughs> uh yeah i mean um yeah they they have defensive quality as well um i i do feel like um they should be able to win the uh, win this group pretty easily um i have them basically sweeping the group um but yeah. And then the leaders were Dash Serbia, which I think one of the more interesting teams in this World Cup. They've, they didn't even make it to the Euro, but you look at their squad, mm-hmm. they have some great players in that squad. Dusan Vlahovic, great center forward. Honestly, maybe even, I don't know if he's underrated, but he doesn't get talked about enough right now, I think, for my personal opinion. Sergei Milinkovic Savic is a player who is also underrated, in my opinion. The fact that he hasn't left Lazio is stunning to me. He has great stats. He's a he's just such a talented player too, in terms of the numbers he's able to put up. Like I think that he's, I think he's a really outstanding player. I think he'll have a great tournament and show everyone what he can do. Dusan Tadic maybe passed his prime, but he all he in the past he stepped it up for Serbia. I still think he's quality. Um, and that's that's just to name a few of the players in their squad. They've got other guys like Nemanja Gude has had some contributions to Sevilla in recent years. Well, recently Kostic this year, I mean. Too. Sorry, what? Kostic. Kostic. Yeah, oh, Kostic. Kostic on Frank for the last couple of years was amazing. He's a great player, too. I mean, they just... This squad, you look at it, it's actually quite good. And, like, on the face of it, you think that maybe they would lose to Switzerland again, like they did in 2018. But, like, like I talked about, these guys are in great form. Maybe Kostic isn't quite as good as he was last year, you could argue. Um, and admittedly, like, Gudai has been good for Sevilla this year. I don't know why I'm seeing the last few years because really it's this year that he's been a key contributor in my personal opinion. Although maybe I don't watch him play a lot, so I could not speak to that perhaps quite as well. So take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. But this year he has had some key contributions for them. Um, and like I said, like Blahovic, Star, Milinkovic, Savic, Star. This is a really quality squad in my personal opinion. Maybe it's not equal quality throughout, but they've got some good players. And I think they can make a run. They're honestly my dark horse for this tournament. Fair, definitely also one of mine. And on to, I think, another dark horse, Switzerland, Holden. Yeah, I mean, Switzerland, they, they're they always one of those teams that going into every tournament, you're like, uh, they might finish second in that group. You know, oh, they might they might make the round of 16 and then they'll, they'll fail. But uh, similar to Mexico, although I feel like at the moment they're in a better state than Mexico. And I feel like um that that trend will continue where they end up getting out of the group i really like jan somer i feel like uh, akanji is a very talented player i like mbolo i like uh, zakaria right they 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 have a lot of talented players um but yeah i mean uh shakiri always uh shows up in big tournaments even though he's way past his prime uh i feel like he could be a very uh uh, uh big um contributor i i think jaka jaka you know one of my friends who's a big arsenal fan had told me uh, uh you know um i'll follow the podcast if you promote jaka so uh i mean yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm a big 
I, I am a big fan of Xhaka, uh, especially this season. Yeah, he's um, a great year. He has been fantastic for Arsenal, natural-born leader, um, just superb. Um, and I feel like he can help bring them, as much as I do love Dusan Tadic, um, I feel like he can bring them to that second spot in this group. Um, but yeah. Zahar has dealt with injury issues um, and also Switzerland just lost 2-0 to Ghana in a friendly. Would you say these are warning signs for the Swiss? Oh, absolutely. But I think that they always somehow manage to keep it together for international tournaments. I don't know how. I don't know why. Uh, I, I don't think anyone knows. I don't even think their own fans know how or why. They just somehow do it, you know? <laughs> and so... Sorry about the call. Um, I, I think that I think that they'll manage to keep it together. I do like Serbia a lot, and and I think the winner of that game will end up determining who goes through. Honestly, so yeah, I mean, it's 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 a tough group. The those two in particular, and then also the one that Bjorn has coming up. Um, yeah. yeah. No, not Cameroon. Yeah, it's a bit difficult. I mean, I hear a lot of people actually say uh, Cameroon is going to make it. Cameroon is a great team, but I think every year what fails, I mean, I, mean, I don't want to be just basing it off the past, but I always feel there's kind of that team tension going on. They never really can get a great group of players together. There's always tension within the squad and everything. Now, even at the Africa Cup with uh, Shubo Moting, the last coach, didn't even play him. Uh, and meanwhile, I think Shubo Moting is kind of what bonds his team together. Um, he's kind of turned into prime Lewandowski in the last couple of weeks, but uh, you know I don't think he's going to change himself. And you know you have other established players. I think Toko Akambi is actually doing very well in uh, Ligue 1, and then also Vincent Abubakar, who somehow scores whenever he feels like it for Cameroon. But I think the midfield and defense is certainly lacking. Um, of course, they have Onana, which I think one of definitely privileged to have a, such a great goalie for most kind of, you know, not so quality nations, but, you know, at the end of the day, he still concedes a few, he still makes a few mistakes. So I, I don't see them going far. I think they'll be last in this group. Yeah. And that gets on to our predictions. Holden, what do you think? So um, I have Brazil first, Switzerland second, Serbia third, Cameroon fourth. And I feel like it really, for me, depends on do they play Tadic at the 10 um, or do they play him out wide? And do they, like, like which players do Serbia play ultimately? That'll determine it. And where do they play their players? Because Tadic as a 10 is absolutely world-class in my opinion. Tadic as a winger... Yikes! Um, not 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 great. Um, unless he's at left wing and has like a decent aerial attacker that he can just cross to. But I feel like if he, if they play him right wing, which uh, uh, you know Ajax have been playing him there this season, it's not going to end too well. They they have to make sure they keep him in that ten roll. Otherwise, it it. 
it, it's certainly three. And and now I feel like Switzerland are only two because they just have that experience in the World Cup. They just do it time and time again. They always, always, always in, in tournaments somehow show up. And I also feel like the fact that they have a few players who are of Albanian descent and don't exactly like Serbia too much, that'll that'll be a fun match to watch. They'll be at each other's throats quite a bit. Oh yeah. 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 Um, that'll be that'll be fun. But um but yeah. Uh, so that's a good match to watch out for. I feel like Switzerland will barely edge it, but but yeah. And then Cameroon fourth. So for me, I personally have in first place Brazil. I think they're a great squad. They're one of the favorites in my opinion. Second place, Serbia. Um, third place, Switzerland. But that was really tough for me to decide. I trust the Swiss's expertise in tournaments. They have some really good players of their own. Real and Bolo is one of them who is impressed with who's an impressive form. Um, and then, or at least from what I've read, is an impressive form. And then, but yeah, I just, I had to take Serbia over them. I think this is the time that Serbia shows what they're capable of. Then fourth place, Cameroon. I agree. Um, I actually fully through. I think this time, um, the Swiss won't pull through. I think their fate will kind of run out. You know, I mean, also older players coming in, like older players. Yeah, they have a good young squad, but I think this is the time where Serbia really show, you know, they can actually do something at a world stage. So I'll put Serbia second, Switzerland third, and obviously the first and fourth self-explanatory. All right. We're that last group now. Indeed. Group H. Is that me too? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so with Uruguay, do you think Uruguay? I think personally, actually, they can do something. What do you think, Dash? I think they're a bit overrated right now. I'm seeing people talk about them as a dark horse and a contender. Sure, they're a dark horse. They have some good players. Um, for example, Benton Kerr's in great form, and Valverde on Real Madrid. It's a good, very good player, elite player. Mm -hmm. But they lost one note to Ron in a recent friendly. They were not great throughout qualifying. I'm not too I'm not too impressed by them, honestly. I think this is, in my personal opinion, this is a weird group. None of the teams in this group really stand out to me. Um, and if anything, I think they're all arguably overrated in their own way, um, which is kind of strange that all four teams in a group would appear to be overrated. But I just think Uruguay has they have some good players. If they make a deep run, I won't be stunned. But I think they'll make it through the group because they have a good squad, but they're not super impressive to me. You know, I think they'll also make it through, but yeah, like you said, I think there are a couple like concerns, but you know, I think if they get a Rauho fit, I don't know if he is fit, but if they get him, I think he's so key. I mean, I think he's a really top class defender. So depending on that, um, then Portugal, I'll do that. Honestly, a couple, let's say a week ago, I would have said Portugal are favorite to win. But, um, you know, after the latest Ronaldo drama, we could have a whole podcast about that. Um, I, I think it's really messing up the team. Saw a couple of clips. I don't know how accurate they are, but, you know, the interactions between Cancelo and Hernandez. So it depends, you know. Uh, I mean, I think overall they've won the best squads in the whole tournament. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They have a lot of Premier League players. 
they also have great players coming out of Portugal uh, out of Portugal right now. Um, so you know, I think they're definitely a favorite. I think they'll pull through this group, but they've kind of gone down the ranks for me in recent days. Um, but I still think they should manage. Uh, otherwise, I think it'll be a huge disappointment for Ronaldo and Co. So let's see how it goes. Uh, and then we have an interesting team with Ghana Holden. I think. Yeah, I mean Ghana, they're they're a they're a fun team, you know. Very, a lot of young players, you know, Mohamed Kudus, um, at Ajax, he's 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 been good. I mean, um, on and off, you know, he he's had some issues staying onside, right? But he has scored quite a few as well. Uh, Hamaldin Sulemana on the wing could be a very good option. Um, I, I like him quite a bit. Um, although I do think, <coughs> sorry, they have to make sure he stays healthy um, because he is one of the most injury prone players I have ever seen. I swear. He's, I think he's been injured like for two, three, Two, two or three of the months of this season already. I mean, he he is on the operating table almost all the time. So that that worries me about him. But I think he when he does play, he's superb. So um, yeah, he'll help them. And obviously, Thomas Party, um, good player, you know. Uh, I I don't want to talk too much about the allegations, but yeah, those, you know, it's it's a rough situation. Um, I think that, um, I think that just in general, though, they don't have enough star power or enough power in general to really uh, pull through this group. I think. The other teams are just, I feel, mm-hmm. a level a level above. You know, if they were in most other groups, like Canada, for example, or Morocco, if they were in most other groups, they would get out. But they aren't. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe they can pull upset. What do you think we'll about, uh, I mean, I think now they have four players they kind of hired just for this World Cup, including, I think, Anaki Williams and... Lamptey, you think it'll do anything, kind of give them an extra boost by, you know, kind of getting new players and already established players, so to say? Yeah, I, I, I think that those players will definitely help them. I just think that, you know, it's it's tough uh, because of, you know, Inaki Williams, he's, he's, he's a really good player. Lamptey is also a great player, but... Obviously, they have to compete against three teams that are all very experienced in this World Cup, and you're bringing in some players that might not have as much experience in the World Cup uh, in particular. I know Inaki Williams, one of the most experienced players you can get. Uh, I think he played for like eight years straight or something at Bilbao without an injury or something. Some crazy stat, but um, yeah, I mean, 
Uh, I, I, I don't feel like that'll end up making too much of a difference. I feel like it'll help them score like two or three more goals than they would anyway, but, but yeah. I will say, though, they've been mm-hmm. in poor form for much of their recent performances, but I do like the additions. They did just beat Switzerland 2-0, so suddenly my estimation of them has gone up. I think they could be one to watch to potentially pull a surprise. Yeah, no, certainly. I mean, I'm also considering maybe moving them to second place. I don't know. Um, and now last but not least, Dash, South Korea. I have to say, I think this seems overrated as well. I think that they, I mean, Sun is a great player, but he's hurt. I don't know how healthy he will be in this World Cup. We saw what happened to Mohamed Salah in 2018, where he just wasn't the same player. That could happen to Sun here. And if you look beyond him, their squad is not that great. And the coach underutilizes Lee Kang-in, who is, in my opinion, one of their best players. And that's a concerning sign. They had one good result against Iran in qualifying, which is a good sign. But like other than that, the fact that they've gotten more respect than Iran in some quarters is just shocking to me. Like I think this is a squad where if you took Sun out of it, they should not. They, I mean, if you took Sun out of it, I would not be impressed by them at all. And I think as it is, they're probably the weakest squad in this group. I don't have high expectations for them. They just are not that impressive on paper. I agree, certainly. Well, they kicked out Germany last World Cup, but uh, that's all they did. Sun um, has a run and they play yeah, well. Like this, they, they have the capability, but I doubt that they'll actually materialize. I mean, yeah, also uh, Lee on Mainz. I mean, he's not a bad player, but yeah, no game changer on a world stage, I would say. Um, now, group predictions, Holden, what do you think? I think um, Portugal will come first, in my opinion. Um, I think that. Um, I think that the issues, obviously, with Ronaldo, I think those will sort of settle down. Uh, and they have enough individual quality to sort of offset for that. I think Uruguay second almost exclusively because of Bentancur and because of Federico Valverde. I think they're yeah. both superb. Class, yeah. Um. And I have South Korea coming third just because Son by himself is just a superb player, even when he's injured. He's just so good, like a fantastic player. And then Ghana fourth, uh, as much as I hate to say it, because I love this Ghana team. But, but yeah. Um. No. Dash? So for me personally, I have Portugal first, Uruguay second, Ghana third, South Korea fourth. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, I think most people probably would put in. I was thinking now, just now, I think I'm kind of a shocker. I think Ghana, honestly, are going to shock everyone. I think they're going to be that one African team, you know, to kind of pull through and usually succeed. Um, I see them actually going first. I see Portugal coming second. I'd, I think Portugal will mess up just because of recent stuff, but they will kind of scrape through Uruguay third uh, and South Korea fourth. But honestly, I could also see Portugal. I mean, Uruguay, I think, is still a class team. Uh, I just don't know about their defense. It's a bit old. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's a bit of a controversial pick, but I see maybe Ghana pulling off something special here. So, 
We'll see. Let's see if it pans out. So now on to our predictions for the finals and winners. Who do you have for your finals and winners? I'll start. I have for the final, I personally have it being Argentina over Germany. Um, honestly, there are a couple of different times where I almost predicted Germany to lose. I considered putting Croatia over them in the round of 16. I considered putting Denmark over them in the semifinal, but in the end, I just had to trust. I don't I don't see Argentina though. And there's been a lot of hype around, you know, Messi and everything. The last dance, who you know, he has to do it for the culture. And I think their squad is better than ever. I don't know, maybe. But uh, I just don't, I think his attitude might get in the way of his greatness. I feel like in some games where he's not, he doesn't want the game's not going how he wants to, he'll get upset. So, you know, Holden, what do you think? Yeah. I have um, a very crazy final. I have Argentina against Denmark. Uh, I think Denmark will make a really, really serious run. Um, I think they have that cohesion. Um, and then I end up having uh, Argentina narrowly winning it. I, I like Argentina's team in general. I feel like Julian Alvarez could be like an outside shot for top goal scorer if he gets playing time because I've seen what he could do at River Plate and at Manchester City off the bench even with his limited time he's still bagging goals almost every game so I I think he's a fantastic player and I think that yeah that's gonna end up being I mean, if Denmark finished first in the group, which, I mean, I expect, the road to the final wouldn't be that bad. It would. They would either have to play, or they would, for me, have to play Poland um, in the round of 16, then either um, the U.S. or Ecuador, which would probably be England or Ecuador in, um, in the quarters, which... I mean, both would be winnable at the moment. And then they would probably either play uh, Croatia, Spain, Portugal, or Switzerland, all of which I think for a team like Denmark are barely winnable, like a one nothing defensive masterclass kind of of game. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, it is definitely not... Um, not not a mainstream sort. I mean, like I know a lot of people have Denmark going far, but not a lot of people have them going to the final. And then Argentina is the mainstream pick. They're just like really good, and yeah, last dance kind of vibe with Messi. That would be fun. Yeah. So I figured might as well. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think personally, Brazil. They're going to take it home. I don't know. Yeah, I think there's always a problem with the egos and team, team chemistry bonding, but if you just look at the squad, I think also from defense to offense and also for Neymar to win a World Cup, um, I think they're really in a good position. Uh, I think, you know, I mean, I think they've even improved. I mean, like, look at Vinicius Jr. I mean, last World Cup, kind of irrelevant, but now you could say he's probably one of the top three best wingers in the world. 
uh, arguably, and you know other players, and can just bring someone on. And the fact they could leave off Firmino off the World Cup roster, even Gabriel, who's had a fantastic season in Arsenal, I think just testaments to the, the great squad they have. Um, but then again, of course, you could argue having so many top players, how are you going to balance who plays when? Um, but yeah, no, I think certainly it's open. Argentina can win. I think Denmark can go far. Germany, maybe, but I see Germany semifinal. I don't see them going on the way. And, you know, Denmark, like we said, probably maybe Croatia 2.0 in 2018. But, uh, yeah, that's my prediction. Okay. All right. Appreciate for you guys coming on. And, yeah, it was a great talk. So we'll see each other a couple of days probably, I guess. Yeah. It was great talking to you guys. And, um, yep. And yeah, see you guys in a few days. And uh, thank thank you everyone for listening. Uh, this, this was uh, the first episode of uh, Considering the World Cup. I'm Holden Williamson with Dash Tischler and Bjorn Schaefer. Uh, and have a nice day, night, afternoon, whatever you're having right now. Uh, and see you next time. <laughs>